can do anything you want. I ain't got no problem with it. I promise you that shit. I can promise you that. Listen to the words. He, 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 he. Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me off. No. Come find no. me. No. 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 He. No. Come find me. Listen to the words. He. Come find he. me. He. 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 Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me off. I ain't a hard guy to find. I promise you that shit. He. Listen to the word. Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Long time no see. Welcome into MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I bring you topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Man, it's been a daggum minute since we did some MBR, man. I'm super excited for you guys to be here today. Super juiced up. Got way too much caffeine in the system, as per usual. Um, we've had we've got a little competition going on right here in the in the uh, chat box over on YouTube. Guys, we're loading up. We gave some pre-show nugs over there in the YouTube chat box. So if you're catching us on rewatch, you might want to turn that comment section on. But put a little challenge out here for you today. If this video gets a thousand likes before the end of the broadcast, which is a astronomical goal, but I don't ever doubt you guys. If it gets to a thousand likes before the end of the show. I will buy and personally give away five pieces of University of Georgia memorabilia. Okay, a little autograph memorabilia. We got a great show for you guys planned today. There was a, re a recruiting symposium in Nashville um, that one of the best in the industry, Steve Whitflong, did a uh, report on. And there was some notes and some key talking points out of that article that I think we need to talk about here because, you know, I am a recruiting analyst. It is something that we talk about quite often on this platform. I've had thoughts, notes, and opinions for years on some of these things and we've been laying them out on this platform and some of these things we've been talking about for all these years they're starting to come to light in form of some legislation reformity if you will or at least it seems to be on the horizon so we'll talk about that obviously it is camp time at the university of georgia we're gonna be throwing some camp observations at you give you a little taste of what the patreon life is about over there on patreon.com forward slash brooks austin so we're not going to give you the full detailed notes that we have been giving on a day-to-day -day basis over there on Patreon. Today included had uh, several notes about today's practice over there. Um, so feel free, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. We're going to give you the clip notes today on the broadcast, and we'll be wrapping it up with a little bit of more Patreon love. Put it out on Patreon today to do a little bit of Q&A. Look, we had over 70 questions submitted over on Patreon this morning. So if you want your question addressed during today's broadcast, A, Run over to Patreon right now. There is a free public post that you can get your comment in on. Sign up while you're over there, or you can super sub here today. Those are the only ones we're getting. We have so many uh, questions to hit and to answer that I don't have time to be going through YouTube questions today. So we front-loaded them over on Patreon.com. Loaded show, as I told you. But let's talk about um, – let's talk a little bit about this uh, this recruiting symposium I told you about that was in Nashville. Look, what, what was it, right? There's over 300 college football staffers, um, whether that be recruiting staffers, coaches, um, position coaches, uh, analysts, whatever it is, guys that are involved and gals that are involved with the recruiting industry, 300 of them around the college football world were in Nashville this past weekend. And they were there to network. They were there to learn. They were there to talk, which is what network is, talk with one another, right? They were there to share ideas and, and concepts, right? But most importantly, 
They were there to be polled. They were there to be gauged. Hey, what do you like? What do you not like? What do you think we should change? What do you think we should keep? Things like that. So some of these things I, I think are worth talking about, as I mentioned off the top of the show, the first being photo shoots. Now, guys, you're like, why do I care about photo shoots? Well, I'll tell you this much. I care about photo shoots a lot because like today, when uh, the Mizell kid commits out of nowhere, I'm scavenging the internet for photos because I haven't been to Maryland. I ain't seen the guy. I ain't been able to take a photo of him, and nor has our SI department been up there to go see it, right? So, like, when it comes to photos, me as a journalist, I love recruiting visit photos because we have rights to them. The school took them. The school put them out. We are able and legally binded, or not binded, but legally able to use those photos, right? Well, otherwise, there are no recruiting photos. I got to go see him to take a photo of him, or as we did today, we post a photo of Dale McGee in the Young Man's Commitment article, right? Rivals got us beat on that one. Shout out to Blaine Gilmer, a former buddy of mine. He whooped my butt today. Absolutely whooped my butt on a commitment story as uh, the young running back up there from Maryland pops to the University of Georgia today. So, um, yeah, so it was about these photo shoots where they were, they were kind of gauged, hey, what do you want? Do you like them? Do you think kids should be able to take photos in your uniforms? Believe it or not, 78% thought that just th- – 78% of the 300 officials that were there said that, hey, you know, photo shoots – Stuff like that, guys. We don't need to be doing that for freshmen, sophomores. No, no, no. Save the visits, or save the photos, rather, just for the official visits, okay? I don't want guys coming in here and taking photos in jerseys when they're ninth, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, right? We only want to save those types of environments for the officials. That was kind of random for me. Why, why be up in arms about photo shoots? I guess that just tells you coaches don't necessarily like them. Now, on to the next one. Okay, this was very, very uh interesting to me okay a lot has been made in the past recent months about the workload that coaches have right particularly on the recruiting trail feel like they got to recruit year round they feel like they got to recruit their own players year round yada 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 transfer portal causing this transfer portal causing that i can't get a hold on all my recruits there's just too much going on complaints 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 so one of the suggested rules changes that i think will ultimately come because of people like kirby smart and people like nick saban complaining about their workload Eventually, I do believe off-field analysts will be able to go out and recruit, okay? If this machine is going to be about player acquisition and it's going to continue to be about player acquisition, then, yeah, some of your analysts probably should be able to go out on the road. Just a couple of select few of them, 56% of the members in or at the recruiting symposium this past weekend said that they would be in favor of that. Now, why? Again, just telling you, it's to, to share the burden that is the, the workload of these off-field um, you know, or outside of the recruiting circles, you know, going and seeing kids, going and evaluating kids. The more hands and eyes and sets of eyes you can have doing those, the less the workload for everybody else. So, obviously, I don't know if that one's going to happen, um, but I do think you see the NCAA or whoever runs college football in a couple of years, maybe it's Josh Pate. God, giving a lot of shout-outs to competitors today. Um, you know, eventually you're going to see these recruiting staffs kind of get bolstered and, and additions be made. And, and leeways be made for some of these guys to get out on the trail and help out these coaches because it is a bit much, right? They keep complaining. Eventually, there will be changes made, and they will alleviate some of this pressure on some of these coaches. Now, another one of these talking points, right? Coaches complaining about the portal uh, dates, right? How are we supposed to get a handle on what my roster looks like? I've heard some coaches say, like uh, Lane Kiffin during the SEC media days, right? I think he's got 14 transfers on his roster that he weren't there in December, and some of them weren't there in February, but some of them showed up in June and in July, right? And he basically said and told the media, 
uh, during his SEC media days that, like, I don't know what my football team is. I don't know who we are. We can't identify ourselves until fall camp starts. Man, that's a late start, right? That's a late start. So as a way of kind of clearing things up, as a way to declutter these dates, right, we talk about this transfer portal being uh, NFL free agency or equivalent to that. Well, guess what's happening? Eventually, probably very, very soon, you're going to see windows put on this stuff, right? Just like free agency windows, where as a certain time where free agency opens up in the NFL, right? You can sign, you can you, you can do everything, you can uh, negotiate contracts, you can get everything done, sign with your team, get on, go on with your way, right? Well, the same thing is going to happen in college football. In, you know, mid-November to early December, the month before National Signing Day, you're going to have a window where transfers can enter the portal, exit the portal, right? And then you're going to have another window in mid-April to mid-May or early May, mid-April to early May, where, again, another window where you can go in and you can go out, right? So that is kind of what you're ultimately going to see moving forward. You're going to see these transfer portal dates and these windows open up because, again, we're in free agency. Just like in the NFL, they don't want you tampering prior to free agency beginning. The same thing will happen here with the portal. You don't have to spend January through January recruiting portal guys because they can't enter until a certain window. And then when that window hits, guess what? You're working 15 days straight as a coach if you want portal additions. But that beats the hell out of working 365 straight for portals, right? So that kind of stuff is some of the changes that you're going to see. Also, I do believe eventually you see there be some type of restrictions on um, on offers. Right, I get okay. I got. I wrote. We wrote an article on Dogs Daily SI the other day about Julian Lewis. Now, Julian Lewis has been a national name since he was 12 years old. Everybody's known this kid. Everybody knows this kid's going D1. Everybody knows this kid's going to play in the SEC or, or, or wherever. A national powerhouse program. This kid's going to be the number one quarterback in America from start to finish. I can guarantee it. You heard it here first on this platform. So, when that guy's got 25 offers. And we write an article about him before he even starts his first high school game. I got some yahoo in the mentions going, why are we offering ninth graders? Why are we offering middle schoolers? Next thing you know, we're going to be checking out Pee Wee Pop Warner. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, because the earlier you get them, the better advantage you got, right? The earlier you get your foot in the door, the better advantage you got. Now, just because you don't allow guys to offer them legally doesn't mean they're not going to be talking to them. Doesn't mean they're not going to be recruiting them. Doesn't mean their NIL collective is not going to be running these kids down, telling them what they're going to get them in four years. That stuff happens everywhere, not just with the star quarterbacks, man. These kids getting offers in seventh and eighth grade from Florida State, from Florida, from Georgia, from Alabama. They're, they're just loading up. Now, is that going to stop? When you say, hey, you can't officially give someone an offer until September of their junior year, which is apparently the rule that 81% of officials uh, at this symposium agreed upon. 81%. So eventually it'll come, right? Um, is that really going to change things? Probably not. Probably not. Because, again, just because you tell Billy Napier that he's not allowed to offer somebody from until their daggum sophomore year or junior year doesn't mean he's not going to be calling the high school head coach saying, hey, um, that little ninth grader you got, that's, you know, it, it, you're in Florida, so he's been playing for you for a year already because you can play five years of varsity sports in Florida. That you didn't know that. Um, that ninth grader you got that's already started for you, um, tell him to give me a call. And just because that phone call doesn't end with, hey, son, we'd love to offer you a scholarship, 
It's just going to end with, hey, son, in two years, we're going to offer you a scholarship. What the hell's the difference? Nothing. Ain't no difference. So you, you, you can change the rules on when the offers are coming. It ain't going to stop from when the interest comes. You see what I'm saying? These guys are trying to get earlier and earlier in on these young football players. So what does it all mean, guys? I, all these little votings, you know, 80 or excuse me, 92% of guys in attendance saying that cheating is rampant, that it's the wild, wild west. We keep hearing that, wild, wild west, wild, wild west, that 92% of these people in attendance that love and work within college sports and college football have told you straight up, cheating is at a worse and more rampant rate than ever before. And I've told you on this platform, the game been broke, or the game been cheating, y'all just ain't been woke, and, and, and the game, everybody been crooked, y'all just ain't been, we, we've done that. Okay, we told you that, that back in the, in the 40s, guys were paying for football players. Okay, we've told you that on this platform before. But we've also told you that there's never been no speed limits, right? When when somebody's doing something crazy out there in Oxford and they're all of a sudden signing the number one recruiting class in the entire damn country and beating guys out for Robert M. Kimbiche and Laquan Treadwell and Jeremy Tunstall, right? Three five-stars in one class signing to Ole Miss out of friggin' nowhere. And everybody knows, hey, Ole Miss traveling hella fast right now in these interstates, and ain't nobody getting them. So what do they do? The NCAA rolls over there. Everybody complains. The NCAA rolls over there and gets them for, you know, his phone receipts, maybe doing some felonious activity. They didn't shut that guy down for what was on his phone. They shut him down for recruiting violations that they didn't put on paper, right, because they didn't get him for recruiting violations. They got him for everything else and gave show cause uh, orders to everyone. But guess what? Now there's none of that. Now there's none of, hey, NCAA, bud, you know, that school out there in, 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 in that big state, you know, that kind of wants to secede from the union every once in a while, and maybe they got a bunch of oil money, hey, man, they are traveling at a rate of speed that nobody's ever seen before in recruiting. Click. Can't go get them because it's legal. It's all legal, and it is the wild, wild west. So I would imagine that 9% or that 8% that, that said, no, 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 man, this is good. This is good. Everything's all right. I would imagine they're at some of these schools that, you know, might live within states or might be within states where NIL rules can just be what they are, shell corporations, money in, money out. At some states, that's legal. That is legal. I'm going to take a minute right here uh, to ask you guys for some help. Okay, There are 150-some-odd people watching this. Okay, I don't know. I don't have the YouTube video pulled up, but I guarantee there are not that many likes on this video. So if you're watching right now and you haven't hit that like and you haven't subscribed to our channel, A, what the hell are you doing? B, go show us some love, baby. Give us some love right there. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends that we got something good going on over here on the Film Guy Network. Um, just some business here. We're going to do uh, film study coming up on, I think, audio is whack on your end. I haven't. Apparently, the audio is whack. Um. I hope it didn't go out. Um, I can't hear it. Anyways, we got some film study coming up over on the on Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin, so feel free to hit that up while y'all are there. We've got a uh, tight ends breakdown coming this week. Obviously, Georgia has the two tight ends that they want. They've recruited some other ones in the class. Um, so we'll build, we will be hitting you guys up with that. Give me one second. I'm going to try to fix this feedback for a second, guys. You know what? Y'all get to listen to the intro one more time. Do anything you want. I ain't got no problem with it. I promise you that shit. Listen to the words. He, 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 he. Psych.
I think I fixed it. Y'all let me know if I fixed it right there. I think I did. Um, sorry, no producer around here. I hope that it wasn't doing that the whole show, guys. If it was, I really, really apologize. I'm just now getting that um note right there. Um, someone did say free sub. We got one right here. Ten dollars going away to whoever comes and gets it first. Um, the email being brooks7711 at gmail.com or hit me up in the Twitter DMs. First come, first sub, or first come, first sub. Yeah, first come, first sub. All right. Let's talk a little bit about camp observations before I hit the Q&As. Okay, a lot of you guys are here because you see the title and you want to talk about camp. That's what we're doing. We're going to talk a little bit about camp right now. Um, again, like I told you to begin the show, we will not be giving you the full detailed nugs. If you want the full detailed nugs, thousands and thousands of words of, um, of practice notes, if you want them, they're daily habits over there on Patreon.com. We call them nugs. Come get them. They are hot. And ready. Also on Patreon this morning, um, I put up, hey, Q&A, ask me any question you want. We'll get it tackled on tonight's broadcast and had about 70 questions. So tonight's Q&A is not going to be a Q&A. It's going to be me reading Patreon questions and answering those. So it will be a Q&A, but it will only be from Patreon.com because there's a lot of people that love our work and support it. So we're going to talk to them tonight. Um, and if you want to be a part of that family, feel free. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. We got another two free subs right here. So that's three now. Okay. First come, first sub. First come, first sub. As again, I'm, I'm going to read some of these uh, lovely comments from some of our Patreon subscribers as well. Worth the $10 a month, folks. Come and join. Absolutely. I mean, there's some there's some folks that, I mean, some of these nugs, I mean, you, you get enough of, uh, value just in, just in one nug. And it's there all day, every day. We're just dumping hella information over there. So feel free. Come join us. All right. Let's talk about early camp observations. I know we've been, I, I told you we were going to do this. We're going to be doing it right now. Let's talk about early camp observations. Okay. Um, let's start with the QB. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to talk about the buzz cut boys. First of all, random thoughts from Brooks. Hey, it's called a temp fade, folks. All right. Buzz cuts get boxed off at the top and they get zeroed up to the box cut. Right. That ain't a box cut, what Stetson's got going on. That's a temp fade. Sorry, I know. I know everybody wants to call him the box cut, boys. It's not a box cut. A box cut is literally where you have a box on your head. That's not what he's got going on. That is a temp fade, okay? Stequavius is rocking the fade. Let's talk about Stequavius putting the weight on because it does happen, and it has happened, all right? I, again, not going to give you the full details, not going to give you how much weight was gained, how it was gained, what's going on. Just going to tell you that there have been multiple people that have given us the observations of, hey, it ain't just photos. The guy is a little bit bigger. The ball is jumping a little bit, you know, more out of the hand. And here's something that I was explaining um, to Christian Gokel, a buddy of mine on ESPN Radio today down there in southeast Georgia. I was explaining to him. I was like, look, man, I've seen Brock Vandergriff up close and personal. I've seen Stetson Bent up, up, up close and personal. I've seen Carson Beck throw the football up close and personal. And when you watch Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck throw the ball, those are Sunday guys. That ball jumps out of their damn hands and you go, wow, every single time. And it's really, really hard to stand and throw either before or in between those two jokers and have your ball stand out. It's really, really hard to do. They are elite one percenters when it comes to arm talent. Stetson's ball has made people go, hmm, this offseason, this fall. Okay, the ball is jumping differently. The body does look differently. He is playing much more confidently. So those are all good things, right? Those are all good things that are not just smoke. Like when you hear them and you see photos, you're like, ah, yeah, he looks a little bigger. He is, and the ball is coming out a little bit better. So those are good things. Now, 
We're going to talk about some progression and some growth when we get into uh, Q&A tonight because I thought one of our Patreon subscribers had a terrific question, question about how much better he could be this fall. But first note, always worth telling you, the quarterback looks great this fall. So that that's good to know and, and, and comfortable, right? Very, very comfortable. Um, this first time he's ever – I mean, since high school, even entered a season as a starting quarterback. I guess you could go back to his days as a JUCO quarterback, but – it's not really the same thing, right? Now, the next thing. I, I, I know there's been some reporting about the offensive line shuffling, and I thought it was just to let you know, before practice even started, we had that offensive line unit up there on Patreon, okay? Um, ready to rock. Ready to let you guys know that it was Broderick Jones, uh, Devin Willock, uh, Cedric Van Pranganger, Tat, or Tat, Tate Ratledge, and uh, Warren McClendon. Okay, left to right with Xavier Trust rotating at left guard and Warren Erickson rotating at right guard. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The tackle spots, as much as you're going to hear about Amarius Mims rotating in, I'm, I'm fairly confident them tackle spots are locked up as for the center position. Now, what does that mean? Okay, I go through this every fall where I feel like I have to explain to people that fall camp is for exploration. Okay, it is for exploration. Now, what that means is, not only do you have to prepare everyone to play, but you actually have to get them reps, right? You actually have to get them reps. So when you hear on our practice notes that Amarius Mims took reps at left tackle today, don't freak out. It does not mean Broderick Jones is getting sat. It does not mean Amarius Mims is competing for one's reps. No, what that means is if something goes down, Amarius Mims might have to play left tackle. Just like if something goes down, Warren McClendon might have to flip over to left tackle and Amarius Mims might have to go to right tackle or vice versa. All these things will happen in practice. All of these things will probably get reported, and they might get misquoted, or they might get misunderstood. I think that first five that we kind of started out spring or fall practice with and, and, and reported three hours before practice even started, that five I think is pretty solid. I think it's going to stay solid. Um, obviously, as Marion right here mentions in the chat, Offensive line often has some injuries. Rotating is good. My daddy used to say injuries are as much a part of football as touchdowns and turnovers. Okay? People going to get hurt. People got to be ready to play, just like last year, right? So O-line's going to shuffle. Just understand, I think the talent wins out. It is unquestionable who the most talented five is. I think unquestionable. The only difference would be saying, hey, the ceiling of Warren McClendon is lower than that of Amarius Mims. Correct. The floor is not. The floor is considerably higher than that of Amarius Mims right now, okay? Um, which means he's going to get the start, I truly believe. Now, let's go on to some more. Let's talk about this DB uh, rotation, okay? Everybody knows Georgia's got one DB and they know it, right? One known DB, and that's Keely Ringo, right? The other question is, who's going to play opposite of him? Now, leaving the spring, I'm 13, all the way, Kamari Lasker, ready to rock. I thought that Joker was going to be ready to play. And he is. I think he is ready to play. But it sounds like there's some other Jokers ready to play, too. Nylon Green being one of them. I was all over Nylon Green. One of my guys coming out of high school. Um, the last my guy of that 2021 class to not really play meaningful minutes. Okay? Uh, beside Jared Wilson. We'll get there. It's just deep right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that that one's going to hit. I think it ultimately will, but it's just so deep right now internally on the offensive line. He's just not getting a crack. Um, but Nyland's like the last one to kind of on the my guys list to not really pop yet. But this fall camp sounds like something's clicking. 
right? This is a six foot, one and a half, almost six two, really damn long corner with excellent ball skills. I have said from the jump, I always thought he was going to be a much more projectable football player as safety. Um, but, you know, that I don't think that's happening. I think it's just going to be corner, and it sounds like he's just figuring it out, okay? And Dalen Everett, okay? Now, we're going to talk about Dalen Everett right now, and I do want to say this. I want to preference. I know we're going to get to super subs here in a second. I want to preference what I'm about to say about Dalen Everett with this, just because I'm talking about Dalen doesn't mean Jaheim's not doing well. It just means that Dalen's been there since January, and he's ready to rock. Okay, he's ready to compete right now, and he is. Those three names are the ones that I'm watching to see what's happening on the flip side of Keely Ringo. Now, if you will remember last year going into Clemson, had a very, very similar debate, right? Who's going to be the corners? We know Darren Kendrick's going to be here. Who's going to be on the flip side, right? It was Amir Speed or Keely Ringo. Now, last year, you should know that that is an old head versus young head debate, right? That is old head Amir Speed, been here four years, going on five next spring if he sticks around and doesn't go to Michigan State. Been on here four years, been waiting his turn behind Campbell, behind Daniel, behind Stokes, behind all of them, right? Been waiting his turn, give him his chance. And that lease going to be short, right? And as soon as the young blood shows that he is, in fact, is indeed capable of changing the, the history of Georgia football, with an interception to pick six, if he shows that he is indeed that caliber of a player, then we'll let him ultimately take over the role. That's not the case this year. I don't believe. I think this quarterback cornerback room is very, very akin to that DJ Daniel, Tyson Campbell debate. Okay, If y'all will remember, they let them jokers go at it year round. For two straight years, they let Tyson Campbell and DJ Daniel get after it. Who's going to play alongside Eric Stokes? When Tyson Campbell goes down with a turf toe and is kind of struggling to get back, DJ Daniel took over the reins of that position in 2020 or in 2019. And then in 2020, when Tyson Campbell's fully healthy, they kind of rotated until Tyson Campbell took that joker over and then it rode out, right? The same thing's going to happen here at this cornerback position spot, I believe. I think early on in the season, especially considering the schedule, you see them rotate a lot of guys on that flip side of Keely Ringo and find out who's the alpha. Okay, and I think we're going to find a little bit more about that tomorrow when they put the pads on. So stay tuned over on Patreon. Same thing could be said um, in terms of position battles at linebacker. Now, my intel is kind of pointed towards this since spring. Um, After watching spring practice and with Ryan Davis obviously missing or being, you know, kind of limited because he tore his quad in the fall of last year, Ryan and Tresman are same as Amir Speed. These older guys that waited their turn, right? You wait behind Tyndall. You wait behind the N'Kobe Dean. You wait behind Quay Walker. Hell, Quay and Channing had to wait three years before they even really got a lot of run on this football team. Same can be said about Tresman and Ryan. The difference is Quay Walker and Channing Tyndall were holding off Ryan and Tresman, and Ryan and Tresman are now have to hold off Quay Walker and Channing Tyndall, essentially. And Jamon Dumas Johnson and uh, Smile Mondon and Jalen Walker uh, and Xavier Sori. Those four football players are immensely, immensely talented. And I think eventually, as we're seeing this fall camp, eventually you will see that talent override what they got going on in front of them with elder statesmen. That being said, I still think because Kirby Smart does the right thing, in my opinion, by giving the old heads a guy or giving the old guys a chance to lose their job, um, I, I think you will see Ryan Davis and Tresman Marshall early on. I've been told Ryan's back from his quad injury. Tresman Marshall, I saw photos of him today. Good God, man. 
that guy looks ready to play some football. So um, I think you see them kind of ride old guys, but they're not going to hold them young guys off. That's the other intel we've got. We've been loading that one down over on Patreon.com for a while. Again, I see a lot of people watching this today. Throw them thumbs up right there. We get a thousand thumbs up, thousand likes on this video before the end of the broadcast. Um, five pieces of Georgia autograph memorabilia coming your way. Also, a moment shouts to the sponsor, thegramco.com. Promo code Brooks25 will get you 25% off all of your Delta A and CBD products, best in the market, and they are veteran owned. Shout out to you, Jeremiah Stoddard. Um, I like their disposable, disposable vapes personally. Um, so yeah, go holler at them. I like the disposable vapes. Um, they also got this stuff, this extract stuff that I don't think is to the market yet, but it might be. Be on the lookout for that. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, Brooks 25. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Done begging for your help. Let's talk a little bit more. Talked a little bit about the offensive line earlier, just in terms of, you know, kind of the intel, what it was doing, you know, as a talking point going into it, going into camp, who's going to play guard and all this good stuff. Um, there's one football player, and this happens. Oftentimes it happens in between that, freshman and sophomore season for this young man it's kind of hop, happened between that sophomore and junior season um and that's Devin Willock sometimes really big human beings take a while to realize oh she, oh you know what I'm way bigger than everybody else I'm way bigger than everybody else and about two hours into practice everybody around me wants nothing to do with me that guy in front of me after the 12th rep of team wants nothing to do with me in fact he almost seems scared in fact he almost doesn't want to be here Right. Like when you are six foot, damn near eight, 340 pounds, and you lean on folks for two and a half hours, they don't want no smoke by the end of it. And they damn sure don't want no smoke by the end of camp. So I think that's kind of something that's happening based off what I'm hearing. That Devin Willock do be leaning on folks. All right. And the other guy, Tate Rattledge, everything I'm hearing, not only is he healthy, he's got some of the deadliest hands you will ever see in your life. Okay, I have been told on multiple occasions that when he puts hands on people, when he strikes the bag, right? Offensive linemen do that drill where they, you know, they, and then they hit the bag, right? We call that the pecker stomper drill. Okay, um, when he hits that bag, son, it sounds different. Y'all gonna clip that one. I hope y'all clip that one. It sounds different. All right, dude's ready to rock this year. I'm excited to see those two guys play a guard. I think the ceiling, like I said earlier, on those two guys is extremely high. I continue, continue. I switched camera angles without switching camera angles. See, I got a nice side profile. What do y'all think of this facial hair I'm trying to grow, by the way? Um, yeah, absolutely. You can meme that one, Chandler. Absolutely. Go ahead and meme it up, baby. Um, just like we talked about with Jaheim and Dalen Everett, just because I'm about to talk about one freshman in one position group does not mean the other one is not doing good. So don't do it. Let's talk about Andrew Paul. Okay. Andrew Paul, running back out of Texas. A lot of people didn't know about until he popped on to the, the class late in the cycle last year. And uh, ball player. That's all we got to say. Ball player. Okay. Um, outside of that, the running back room is what it is. I don't think they want any of these. If they don't have to, they don't want any of these freshmen taking meaningful carries. If Branson Robinson or Andrew Paul get run this year, Georgia's praying it's in mop-up duty. They 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 know what they got, and, and I think Kirby said it perfectly. Okay, it matches up everything we've heard, obviously. It's the head coach talking. They know what they got in Kenny and Kendall. 
Both of them have played feature roles. These are not guys that they don't know about. These are not guys that haven't been doing it. Hell, Kendall, Kendall and Kenny were running back A and running back B in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in 2020. Y- y'all watched it. Kenny won the damn game, essentially, in the, in, in the two-minute drill. So those guys are more than comfortable. Dejon Edwards, they know what they got in terms of a mop-up duty back. Can he handle a feature role? That's a question they need to find out. Andrew Paul and Branson Robinson, rich man's problems. We'll see y'all in a couple of years, or we'll see y'all in a year. Okay. We'll see y'all in a year. Cause I don't, I think, you know, we'll talk about NFL draft decisions down the road, but I think both backs leave this year. Just entering the season, that's just my vibe. That's just my gut. So I, I, I think you, you're happy with what you got. You watch it, you enjoy it. Um, and then you get moving on. Now, Pace of practice, been absolutely insane. I know we're 30 minutes in. We got a whole bunch of Q&A to rattle off, so I'm excited to get to it, but we got some more camp uh, observations that I want to rattle off for you guys. Um, Pace of practice has been absolutely insane. I had one source kind of explain it to me this way. They got to be tougher than talented, right? Last year, they were one of the most talented teams in football. This year, they will be up there, right? But they're not going to be near as talented, especially defensively, as they were last year. So if you're not as talented, you damn sure better be tougher. And to start the season, to start camp, practice has been absolutely brutal. Okay, They are practicing at a speed that they were probably at by practice six or seven last year. Okay, Just with in terms of intensity, uh, in terms of demands, in terms of number of reps, things like that. They are ramping up, making these guys play a little bit faster, um, which I got to dig more on. I... Are you playing with pace right now? Kirby, if you're listening to me, text me after. Are you playing with pace during practice offensively because you want to get guys in shape, or are you playing with pace because you're going to play with pace this year? Somebody figure that one out for me. Somebody text me. Just, oh, look at there. That's crazy. What's up? Just kidding. That was a joke. Um, No, seriously, are, are you offensively at Georgia right now? What I'm hearing is, I mean, they're going, right? But are you moving – at that rate of speed in practice because you want to practice fast or are you moving at that rate of speed because you want to play fast? We'll have to find out because I watched uh, Todd Munkin offense come out against Arkansas in 2020, opening the season, first daggum game as a play caller as Sungun ran 82 plays. 82 plays. They went no huddle the first two possessions. Guys, I thought I was I, – I didn't know what to do. I was like, We're, am I watching Georgia? What the hell's going on? My head was about to explode. Well, turns out Kirby's was too, because the next day or the next game, remember they come back week two of the 2020 all SEC schedule. They go to Arkansas, run 82 plays. They come back the next week, run 64, and they ran the ball 40 times against Auburn. <laughs> that no huddle offense got cut quick. So are you playing with pace and practice because you want to get in shape? Or are you playing with practice pace and practice because you're going to play with pace? We won't find that out until Oregon, I don't believe. And we won't find out if it's actually going to be a staple in the offense in terms of playing with pace and playing with speed until we see it for multiple games. I've seen them play with pace in spurts, and honestly, it's looked like some of their best offense that they've had in the last couple of years. When they go no huddle, when they do push the pace and and do get defenses on their heels, I think they play great football. It's also not complimentary to defensive-based football, right? That's been the whole debate since Kirby's been there. Will they change? I don't know. But Intel says they're practicing fast. Are they going to play fast? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um... They got some absolute dudes in that 2022 defensive back class. Okay, all of them. Even Mark, Marcus Washington Jr. I mean, they're trying to figure out what the hell he's going to be, okay, because he's only 17. 
he reclassed from 23 to 22, signed early and got there in July. Still trying to figure out what he is, but the rest of them, man, Ja'Cory Thomas is going to be a ball player. Malachi Starks is a ball player. Jaheim Singletary a ball player. I already told you, Dalen Everett might impact your football team this year. They got some guys in that 2022 signing class um, just in the defensive backs group. Now, offensively, I know that's what all y'all want to hear about. I think Denylon Morissette helps you this year. I do. I think he gets playing time. And I think, believe it or not, Oscar Delt, um, y'all's y'all's tight end room is deep as hell. It's the deepest in college football. Probably the deepest position group in the history of college football, if you really want to take a look at it. Just in terms of four guys in that room will play on Sundays. I 100% believe four guys in that room will play on Sundays. Darnell, Oscar, um, obviously Bowers, and Avery Gilbert. Four guys. And you know what? Maybe Ryland Goaty makes the San Francisco 49ers roster. Shouts out Charlie Warner. You never freaking know. Okay, so all those, I mean, that room's extremely deep, and I still believe Oscar gets onto the field. Um, defensively, I think you got some dudes up front as well. Um, here's the names I'm going to rattle off that I think 100% play, not just play, but play meaningful minutes, not just mop-up duty this year. I think you see Michael Williams on the field, duh. Um, Marvin Jones Jr., I think you're seeing a specialty pass rush role um, just because they don't have very many 6'5", 250-pound edge rushers that can get after it like he can. He's gifted, okay, absolutely gifted. Um, Christian Miller, going to play. Barry Alexander, probably going to have to play, um, but going to play. Jalen Walker, yep, going to play, believe it or not. There's four or five stars in that linebacker room. Jalen Walker, one of them, going to play. Going to play this year and play meaningful minutes. Um, and I also think, Going back and, and doing the defensive coordinator history study that I did a while back over on Patreon only, not a while back, last week, I think one thing I learned was they like to take their freakiest athlete on third down, or at least they used to, um, before they had three NFL linebackers. Um, they used to take their freakiest athlete, stand him over the ball on third down, and make him quarterback spy. They did it with Adam Anderson for three years. They got Adam Anderson Jr. reincarnated, at least physically. Darius Smith, actually, he's going to be bigger and maybe better than Adam. Okay. He's already 6'5, 230 pounds, and he's a freak. Okay. So I think you're going to see that guy in this quarterback spy kind of roaming role. The other name I've I'm hearing a lot about over and over again, even dating back to spring, MJ Sherman. And it's a name I've kind of been wanting to hear for a while because I was high on him coming out of high school um out there in the DMV. He's figuring out his pass rushing skills. Okay. He's figuring out what what his skill set most uh, leads to success, right? His pass rush plan is what we call this on this network. I have felt that without a pass rush plan, and for that matter, you kind of just have to rely on God-given gifts, which is Trayvon Walker is a prime example of this. Zero, zero pass rush plan, even to this day in the NFL. He's just so gosh dang physically gifted that he beats everybody. MJ Sherman is not one of these human beings. MJ Sherman is 6'2 and a half, 240 pounds. He is not 6'5". 275 and runs 452. That's not him. He is much more compact, much more explosive, much more Nolan Smith. Okay. And from what I've heard, he's figured out some pass rushing this offseason. Now, hit that thumbs up, do all that good stuff. We are about to rattle off QA. I think I've seen at least four free subs. We had another one come in here. So I believe that is four now, maybe five. I think someone's, no, that's three. Four or five. That is the fifth one. Okay. So we have five free subs. Check me out on Twitter at Brooks Austin BA. Come holler at those free subs. I've already got one claimed right now um, as I check my Twitter DMs. So we only got four left. Go holler at me either via email or Twitter. Those subs are up for grabs. Appreciate you guys. 
I'm talking about Q&A here on Patreon. These are questions. You're not gonna, normally, we throw questions up right here, right? Normally, we do that. Today, we're not going to do that. Today, we're reading straight off of Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Again, we had 70 questions submitted this morning. We're going to rattle off every single one of these as fast as we possibly can with as much information as we possibly can, okay? Super subs do get questions. If you super sub with a Q, we'll hit you, okay? Other than that, we're going to be rattling off like daggum spitfire. You ready? Here we go. Question number one. Timothy James asks, in your opinion, who is the first and most likely UGA quarterback to enter the transfer portal over the next calendar year? Because, of course, the first question had to be about who's going to enter the portal. I'm going to nip this in the bud right now. I don't do, hey, bet this guy hits the portal talk. I think that's disingenuous. I think that's rude as hell to the kid. I think you're basically calling the kid a quitter before you even quit, right? I, I do not do that. I don't throw kids to the portal. I, what I'll tell you is the depth chart. Stetson minute, Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton. Who leaves? I don't know. Does anybody leave? I don't know. I haven't heard a single word about any of these football players being unhappy. Not one. In fact, the opposite. The absolute opposite. I've heard a lot of, nah, so-and-so loves Georgia. So-and-so is excited to compete. So-and-so doesn't give a shit about the depth chart. So-and-so just loves football. Now, is it just talk? Maybe, possibly. I, I don't do it. I don't do the throw them to the portal. Chandler Johnson asked, what is it like being a girl dad? Completely transcendent. Completely changing of all life. Now, it does not mean I don't love my son. It doesn't. But I've tried to explain this multiple times, and here's how I'll do it. When my son was born, and I think a lot of men have this feeling, when my son was born, I felt a need to prepare him for the world. Okay? Show him how to do right from wrong. Teach him how to be a man. Do all that tough stuff that dads like to do. Right? When I had my girl, there wasn't this sense of I've got to prepare her for the world. It's I got to protect her from the world. And that difference in pre preparing and protecting, you feel it. You absolutely 100% feel it in your gut. So that, to me, is what it is like being a girl dad. Chandler, I appreciate you for asking. Andrew D says, who leads UGA in sacks this season? I'm going to say Jalen Carter. Now, here's why. You're going to say, my God, that guy's going to get double teamed left and right. He is. But they will also figure out ways to get that guy solos. I promise you right now, if Alabama can figure out ways to get Will Anderson some solos, I guarantee you, I mean one-on-ones, by the way, not getting double teamed, not getting any of that stuff. If Alabama can figure out ways to get Will Anderson one-on-ones, by God, Jalen Carter is going to get a load of them this year. I like my odds of being right there. If not him, I mean, hell, Robert Beal led the team in sacks last year. Can you believe that? I, it blew my mind when I looked that stat up. Guy was just I'm just solid on every single opportunity he ever had last year. Great job by him just racking the stats up, but I don't think that happens again this year. I think someone else, maybe like a Nolan Smith, would be a good take. I, I think Nolan's developed um, at least the opportunity to stay on the field every third down, which means the motor's going to be running high, so he might get a lot of effort sacks. The guy is one of the biggest efforters I've watched on tape. Jacob Darnell asks, who in the East is the true biggest threat? Which starter is being pushed by younger guys the most? And who will be the surprise to produce early um, who is already on the team? Now, let's take these one by one. Biggest threat in the East, I've said, is uh, Tennessee. I know guys are all, like, every media guy finds, like, oh, South Carolina is going to get Georgia this year. Oh, Tennessee is going to get Georgia this year. Oh, maybe Kentucky gets Georgia this year. You all do it. You all want to say it. But we all know you're just betting on an upset. I don't bet on upsets. Not going into the season. My bet 
is that there is no threat in the East this year. I think Tennessee is a really good football team. I think they give up 45 a game. They might score 46, but they're going to give up 45. Okay, With the way they play and just the pace in which they play, it's almost impossible to be good on defense. Um, all right, I know you asked three questions there, Jacob. we got a lot to get to. Evan Sanders asks, who is the guy that no one is talking about now but will be by the end of the season? Now, whew, he referenced Dan Jackson here like Dirty Dan Jackson was last year. Ah, man. So typically how this happens is via an injury, right? I think Dan cracked the lineup last year basically because of an injury, right? Um, I think Tyke Smith gets hurt. And then he gets thrown into the mix. Major Burns hits the portal. David Daniel kind of banged up in camp. And then all of a sudden, Dan Jackson's starting to safety. Um, so I think it's going to be via an injury. And look, he's not playing right now. He's not in camp because he's got – this is Patreon only right here. No one's reporting the fact that Tremel Walthour is not at practice. What are y'all doing? Y'all are there all the time. Y'all sit there and take notes. He's not practicing right now. Why are we the only ones reporting that? Anyways, Tremel Walthour is not practicing right now, but I loved what I – not loved. I liked a lot what I saw on tape last year and his opportunities to get on, on the field. And unlike all these other guys, he was playing meaningful snaps because someone had to give um, Trayvon Walker a blow last year, believe it or not. So I liked what Tremel put on tape. Now, when he gets back from his knee injury, his knee injury when he gets back from his uh, knee injury, I think you'll see him get thrown into the mix, and I think you'll like what you see out of 90 again. Anybody reporting that? Where y'all at? Um, all right, here we go. Uh, Rocco Barbaro asks. Some of y'all probably watching right now. I'm probably like, damn, I haven't seen 90 out there. What the heck? Um, Rocco Barbaro asks, what is your best, worst, and expected rank you expect Georgia's defense to finish this year? Now, they were second, I, I believe, in points per game last year behind one of the academies. Throw them out. Um so they're not going to finish second this year. They're not going to give up less than 12 points per game like they did last year. Now, that being said, I still think you finish top 10 in, in, in college football in terms of points per game. Um, I think you'll see a downtick in rushing yards allowed per game. Georgia has been first or second in rushing yards allowed per game for the last three years. Why? 99. Okay. They did a lot of special stuff with him defensively, and they did not, did not give up explosives via the run game. It's because they had tight holes, great uh, gap sound defense, all that good stuff. Um, but it's also because they had great interior defense alignment. They still have really good interior defense alignment, but I think you'll see them get gashed. The reports are they've been cut up a little bit in camp. Now, that happens, but, hey, like, 85-yard, banging-on-your-head uh, goalpost stuff, like, that's that's defense alignment getting moved, okay? So I think that's going to be the step back. Defensively, through the air, I think you'll be fine. All that good stuff. Stick D's comes in here with a super sub and asks a question. That gets us up to seven, by the way, free subs. We don't take this money. We give it back to the community. Um, seven free subs. Come holler at your boy. What receiver will get the most yards and which receiver will score the most touchdowns and why? All right, so let's go most yards. Most yards, I personally think, will be A.D. Mitchell. Most receptions key term here most receptions will be lad mcconkey which receiver will score the most touchdowns i'm gonna go with lad by one more than uh ad okay i think ad is gonna have um not problem scoring but like prime example back in the day if you go look at the nfl record books calvin johnson's all over him he's all over the nfl record books in terms of receptions and yards but he's like 150th in touchdowns 
because that wasn't his that wasn't his bag. His bag was getting open, making big plays, and they just some of them happened to be in the end zone. He also got tackled inside the five a bunch. I think you'll see Lad score more touchdowns, AD get more yards, Lad get more receptions. Okay, um, that's kind of how I see it shaking out. Now let's get back to these questions over here. Cody Thompson asks if Stetson has a thirty five percent upgrade statistically, meaning yards and touchdowns. Do you think he we will repeat? as national champions. And here was my response on Patreon. If that dude has a 35% uptick in every statistical category, he breaks a bunch. And I mean a bunch of Georgia records for quarterback play. It ain't been great. I think your all-time record for all-purpose yards is like 3,800 yards by Aaron Murray. Y'all don't have a 4,000-yard season in the record books. Newsflash. Like the last three quarterbacks to win the Heisman went for 4,000-plus yards. It happens all the time in college football here nowadays. So will he go from a 2,400-yard season last year through 11 games? I think he started. Will he go from 2,400 yards to 3,000, which I think is 35% increase? About? Yeah, I think I think that 100% happens. Um, you know, that's that's not a ton of additional statistical production. Now, the real question would be, do you see a 35% uptick in game average? Like, Yards per game average. If that happens, 100%, he might have a chance to win the Heisman, and you will have a chance to win a national title. Hunter Moss asked me about Brenton Cox. Hunter, no offense, not 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 here, not here. I think he had a, a rough enough go go at it on social media. Tough getting ratioed, man. Tough. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. Um, Jacob asked, "What freshman will take the field first? cop out here it's the kicker right it's the punter no i'm just kidding it's gonna be michael williams um yeah it's gonna be michael williams to see the field first who's gonna be the best freshman michael williams who's gonna get drafted first michael williams um who's the best freshman that won't be michael williams i think ernest green hot take for you hot take for you not really that hot that guy is that guy's gonna be a baller man that guy's going to be an absolute baller. Just like six, like six, three, six, three and a half, maybe six, four. Not super long, not super athletic, but damn, he'd take your breath away when he punches you. Just, ah, Whew, too much caffeine. Let's go on to the next one. Preston asks, how much do you think the increase in talent, meaning Gilbert, or Eric Gilbert and Oscar Dell, in an already spectacular tight end room will take away from the productions of the receivers and running backs receiving out of the backfield? Now, it's a great question, first of all, Preston. Secondly, here's what I'll tell you, okay? I didn't say this. Kirby Smart said this during the spring game. The University of Georgia right now only has two SEC wide receivers, Lad McConkey and uh, A.D. Mitchell. Those are your head coach's words, not mine. I think Karis Jackson's great. I think Don Blaylock's great, okay? I think all those guys are really good football players. Denial Morissette, going to be good. All, but they're not known commodities. He is correct when he says, last year the only two known answers I had at receiver were Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell. I don't think those things have necessarily changed right now, right? I don't think any of that's changed. Last year, you were a 13th personnel football team. We got a question coming about 13 personnel later. Last year, you were a 13 personnel football team. With John Fitzpatrick, Darnell Washington, and Brock Bowers, you were a 13 personnel football team a lot of the time. This year, you're going to see a lot more. 
Because why wouldn't you? You were really, really successful out of it last year, um, and you've got even more. So, yeah, I think it's going to change some things, but not really. You were a tight end heavy offense towards the end of the season last year. You'll be a tight end heavy offense to start the season this year. Chandler Harms asked me, uh, what would be the key to success to repeating a natty? We'll stop right there. You got a whole – he's asking me about three tight end formations. We've already hit that. Actually, I like this question before we ask about the key to a national title. He says, do you see Georgia having any of the following? A thousand yard running back, a thousand yard receiver. Um, he says he think both happen. I don't think either happens. Okay. I think he had way, 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 way too many mouths to feed. Okay. Like last year, I thought James Cook and Zamir White had great seasons, good enough seasons to be third round draft picks, right? Damn good seasons. They didn't have a thousand yards. Nope. In fact, the only one close to 1,000 yards was James Cook. They had 983 all-purpose yards. Why 983 came to my mind? If that's right, hit me in the comment section. Somebody check stats on me. Why that stuck in my head, I don't know. Um, but do you have a 1,000-yard receiver? I don't think so. I think you have a 1,000-yard tight end. I think that can be done this year. I don't see either receiver going for a 1,000 because, again, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, and you're, I don't think you're going to be a 4,200-yard passing yard team right? Like uh, Alabama was last year or the year before or LSU was in 19, right? I don't think those things happen this year. So you don't have the thousand yard receivers, right? So that kind of stuff. All right. Mason Bivens asked, do you think the 2019 LSU Tigers could have beaten the 2017 Browns? Nip it in the bud. I don't do can college team X beat NFL team Y. Here's why. There are 53 grown men on that football team. 53 grown men who are the best players on their college football team, period. Okay, that's like asking me, could the best high school football team go beat Vanderbilt? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not yet, okay? Um, and it's even it's far more of a greater discrepancy between uh, a really, really great NFL or a really, really great college football team and a terrible NFL football team. What the hell are they going to do with Miles Garrett? I believe he's on that. Actually, they might have tanked for Miles Garrett. You get the point what are y'all going to do with all them NFL bodies? That's hard. That's hard to do. I don't, I don't subscribe to this college football teams beat NFL football teams. Not ever. Ah, dang it. According to sports reference, James Cook had 10,000 or 1,012 all-purpose yards. Just missed it. I said 983. I was, what's that, 35 yards off? 36, I don't know. My math's awful. Um, let's go back to the questions here. Jonathan Williams, Dr. J. Will on Twitter, shouts out. Who in your eyes could have the biggest rise in the draft stock this season? Seems like Georgia has a player every year that explodes throughout the season and climbs up the boards rapidly. Um, I have kind of been on the record, at least with watching last year's film, that I thought Zion Logue was going to have an opportunity to kind of jump up. Wasn't in love, not even going to lie. Wasn't in love with what I saw during the spring game. That's not to say he's not going to have a great season, but he very well could be a guy that vaults up into, you know, kind of second, third, maybe fourth round draft range when entering the season, nobody really knows about him, right? Um, that's the name. Now, here's the one, and I'm going to flame, not flame, I'm going to go after company right here. We got the draft Bible. I think, I think they do great work, okay? They are a part of the SI network. They do excellent work. But damn, did they miss on Kendall Milton's eval. Whew. They say he's going to be a six-round draft pick. I don't believe that. I don't. I think Kendall Milton can walk out into an NFL combine tomorrow, run 4-4-5 four, four, at 227 pounds at 6-2 and a quarter, catch the ball relatively well, look pretty good in, in, in open field drills, and be a fourth-round draft pick. 
They don't make humans that big that move that well. They don't. They're that hard to tackle. Okay. Sixth round for a, a running back that's that talented is blasphemous. Not blasphemous. It's just wrong. Uh, Zachary Moss comes in with our eighth free sub today and asks a super sub. Zach Moss says, fair enough about the Brenton question. Here's another to replace it. Uh, does my fellow Calhoun alumni, Cole Spear, see the field in a special teams role or no? Um, <laughs> I think he, oh man, Cole Spear. Wait a year. Wait a year. Because here's the deal, man. There's a there's a bunch of five stars in, in 2021's class, in 2022's class that ain't going to be starters this year. And then five stars going to have to get on the field. Okay. So the special teams reps that Cole Spear might be taking during punt coverage. Zamir White did punt coverage for the last four years at Georgia, right? Like Georgia is a very unique place in the sense that starters go play special teams because they know they might have to do it in the NFL. Right? A very, very unique place in the sense that that happens all the time. Like, Smile Mondon, five-star coming out of high school. I could have sworn that dude was going to be a superstar on special teams his freshman year. No. Why? Because they got other dudes that are waiting their turn to get onto the field. So while Smile is taking twos reps at linebacker, you know, another joker's over there getting ones reps during the punt team. So is Cole Spear going to crack the lineup on special teams? Probably at some point this year. Is he going to be what I think you think he's going to be, which is the punt returner? No. I don't, I don't believe so. Okay, let's get back to the Patreon questions here. Dylan Brooks asks, shouts out to the Memphis Grizzlies. Love me some Karis Jackson, a wide receiver. But it's time to move on from him as punt returner. Should the coaches go ahead and make the move to Ladd or Don Blaylock? Both sure-handed guys with a lot more shiftiness and ability to take one to the house. Here was one thing I didn't understand last year. How can Karis Jackson start the season as a punt returner doing the – the shifty and the shaky, but couldn't like run a speed out. I didn't get that. I didn't, I, I'm not a doctor, clearly, just a fat headed guy that talks sports. I didn't get it. I didn't get how a guy can be cleared to and, and be ready and comfortable to shimmy and shake on a punt return, but couldn't run routes 100% efficiency. So I'm with you on the sense that like Karis is back there because Karis catches the football, Karis don't drop. Karras is also back there because he's been busting his ass on special teams since he showed up at Georgia. So a lot of these things are rewards, right? A lot of these things are, hey, four-year guy. Hey, three-year guy that when you broke your hand as a sophomore and you had a club on your hand, Karras Jackson, you still ran scout team at 110% because you love football and you love the team, right? I do think Lad McConkey can give some special, special traits back there as a punt returner. He did a great job in high school. I think he showed some flashes at times um, as a punt returner going into, or, you know, when he got a chance at it last year, um, I think they keep sticking with the old heads. Again, man, like, I, I know y'all want to see special teams touchdowns. When was the last time you had one? Special teams is about not getting flags and getting the ball back to your offense. That's it. If we get additional points out of it, that's, that's, that's icing on the cake. But step number one is, we got to play clean football, no holds, no blocks in the back, and we can't muff a rough a, a muff a, a punt. Can't do those things, right? All right, Bradley Thomas, we addressed that one on Patreon. No, I will not be recording or broadcasting Georgia practices. Um, Tony Griffin asks, which one of the new head coaches has the largest impact on his position group on the field and on the recruiting trail over the 12? 
to 18 months. So I have said over on Patreon, I'm punting on Stacey Searles for a multitude of reasons in terms of the evaluation. Okay. How great he is as a recruiter. We're going to find out in the 2023 class, I think, or 2024 class, the next class, this class guys, guys, he stepped in in the middle of February with an offensive line class that was kind of halfway done. One of them left the class. He added another one, added another one. Now you're sitting at three commits. Bo Healy kind of flirting, you know, it's, it's punting, punting on the whole class, uh, in my opinion, on, hey, is he a good what, – what you want to know. Is he a good coach? Is he a good recruiter? Waiting. Same thing could be said with Brian McClendon. There's so much cleaning up that he's having to do right now. Y'all got no clue. Okay, so much cleaning up that that guy's having to do. So we're waiting on those. I think they're great football coaches. I don't think you'll see the results for 12 to 18 months like you're asking in your question. So – that leaves Chadira Uzo-Daribe, and that leaves Fran Brown. I'm going to tell you right now, I've told, I've told Discord this. I've told Patreon this, and you're an hour in, so you're getting it right here on YouTube. Fran Brown is one of two non-head coaches in college football to be represented by Jimmy Sexton. I know you don't know what that means, but that's big. That's huge. That means the biggest agent in the sport who essentially runs it thinks that guy and Jeff Lebby the only other one, are going to be the two next premier head football coaches. He's a dude. Yeah, Fran Brown, a guy. Chadera Uzo Dariba, I'll tell you a story. There was a kid named uh, Tory Stanley, Tony Stanley. Stanley, outside linebacker, Brookwood. Great player, obviously, I remember him. Um, had one offer, one offer from Kansas. Didn't even have a huddle tape, but was the best edge rusher that I saw for like six or seven weeks in 2020. And I'm calling around every freaking coach I can call. Coach, hey, man, this Stanley kid can play. Coach, I don't, I don't see a huddle. We don't got nothing. I don't got – I mean, coach, he's a Kansas commit, man. You got to check him out. Got like 12 and a half sacks at Brookwood. He plays like his hair's on fire. He's 6'2", 6'3", 220 pounds. Looks beautiful. Sticks, runs, catches, does it all. Nobody wants to sniff. But he's committed to Kansas. He's got no huddle, no tape. And I'm asking, how in the hell did Kansas find this guy? And here he is. Shadira Uzo Daribe, out there in Kansas, somehow found the biggest sleeper in the state of Georgia while he's out there. Okay. One of the finest jobs of identifying talent of just an unknown guy. Like the definition of a sleeper was what Stanley was. And Uzo Daribe found him. One of the greatest pieces of scouting I've seen since I've been doing this. Because how in the hell did he find him? I kept scratching my head. How did he find this guy? Still don't know to this day. He's starting at Kansas right now. While Chidero Uzo is at Georgia. Because he does stuff like this. That dude has a really, really special gift for identifying elite pass rushers. That's my opinion already. Just watching him. Okay? So you're going to see some changes. You're going to see some body type changes. You've already seen it. I think that happened before Uzo got there, personally. I think they looked up and they said, how do we get Will Anderson? I love Nolan Smith, but how do we get Will Anderson? Well, coach, Will Anderson is six foot five. He's 230 pounds. That's it. That's the mold. You got to find 6'5", 230. If you ain't 6'5", 230, you ain't going to be Will Anderson. So that's what they're trying to find, right? They're trying to find Marvin Jones, 6'5", 250. 
They're trying to find Gabriel Harris, 6'5", 245, down there at Valdosta High School. Okay, They're trying to find these guys. They're going to continue to find these guys. Okay, Darius Smith, 6'6", 240. Avatars walking the planet. They're going to find more of them. Guys, we're an hour and three minutes, and we didn't hit hardly any of these. I mean, not all of them. Okay, We, we got through half of them. But I'm exhausted. Okay, I've got cotton mouth. Okay, I've been talking for an hour and five minutes straight, and I'm ready to hit the hay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit the rest of these Q&A questions tomorrow. Going to do nothing but a Q&A session. I love you. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Subscribe, rate, review. If you missed any portion of tonight's broadcast, obviously we'll be available on the show before you leave. Hit that like button. And before you leave the internet tonight, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. We'll see you.